When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Life is full of awesome what-ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Welcome to another episode of But Am I Wrong, brought to you by two people who have never been wrong. It's a good time. Like, I love never having been wrong. Like, thank you so much for having me and like being here today. Like, it's just an honor to be recognized as someone who's never wrong with another person who is never wrong. Double rights. The burden we carry on these frail little shoulders of ours. Delicate. I'm just getting so tired. Like, I'm just, oh my gosh. Like, there's just so much. But surprisingly, with all that weight, we do not have thick necks. No, because we're not injecting steroids in there and just being like, build those traps. Never let go. No, no, 
we can roll those shoulders. I'll be, mm-hmm. I'll be honest though. I if can... I roll my right one, this collarbone pops and it doesn't feel good. Okay. Well, don't do that. I know. I don't. I can definitely roll my shoulders more than Herschel Walker can. <laughs> that man is the thickest neck in. Anyways, <laughs> my name's Melissa Diamond Mont. My name is Megan Rinks. So we are going to tell you so many things on this podcast. We've got lots of segments, three segments to be exact. So we will get into what specifically each of those segments are as we hop on into them. But just know that the theme of this show, the overarching idea of this show is because we are never wrong. It is our duty, our obligation, legal and moral to tell other people when they're wrong. Some of those Mm -hmm. people have asked for it. Some of those people have no idea we're talking about them. And we're just here to keep your life interesting. The ethical gossip that we all desire and deserve to have in this world. Yeehaw! Giddy on up, motherfuckers. All right. So should we get into our first segment, which is, but am I wrong? And that's when we pick something from our lives that we were either wrong about, never, or a rant or something that really just grinds our gears that we want to share. And so I got reached out to by a book publisher, very big book publisher. And they sent me a DM and said that they noticed that I left a review on Amazon for a video production book. And they asked me to review their new book. And I said, well, first of all, if you saw an Amazon review of me reviewing a book about production, it would have been from at least 10 years ago when I was in school. I was like, Melissa, when have you found the time to write in This was when I was first in of all, school. reading a book and then in-depth Amazon reviews about said book. Yeah, I mean, books that I've read were books that I've been paid to read for directing audiobooks. So, and I didn't respond to them at first because I thought it was spam, but then I looked and I was like, this is actually from a verified account that is a big publisher. And then they they sent me another message. And so then I said, what's the right to review this? And they said, the review was posting on Amazon. Please let us know if we can send you a copy. I said, but how much are you paying? And they said, we appreciate your prompt response. However, at this stage, we are solely seeking voluntary reviews. If this arrangement does not suit you, I completely understand. Thank you for expressing your interest in a book, in our book. I never expressed interest. I asked how much you were paying because one, this is a whole textbook. Shut the so fuck up. It's a whole fucking textbook. This is from, again, a huge publisher. Also, they had to search me. To know that, like, to find me, they found my Instagram, sent me a message. So they know that, like, I'm a professional working in this industry. They also know that the review I left from was from, like, 10 years ago. And so I said, asking an industry professional to do free labor for a book that is below their skill level is very unprofessional. So was I wrong? No. Not first. I can't. I'm really glad you left the fact that it was a textbook to the end because, like, that just makes it even more bonkers. Okay, I have questions. How do they have your contact information through Amazon? 
my name's on it. Like I, my Amazon oh, name. Full. Oh, okay. Yeah. Who is like? What is the job title of the per? Like, because I'm just imagining it's not someone high up. So I'm just imagining a boss being like, "I need you to do like." Were they requested to do this exact thing, or did they think that they were like, "Ooh, genius! I'm gonna go through Amazon reviews on other things and reach out to people." Like, is your review like at the very top, and like of one that like that makes it seem like oh, it's like the first one? Like, there was a time in my life where I was like, maybe I'm gonna do like professional Amazon reviews, and I was leaving really like in depth reviews. But again, this was like 10 years ago when I was in school. Yeah. Amazon reviews have dates on them. (laughs) They took their time to find me on Instagram, which they had to Google me to get there. This to me is like, this would be me if I worked at like a corporate job and I was just like, I hate my job. I'm just like trying to like prolong the process of like, wasting time like because like that's what this was like this was a royal waste of everybody's time including mm-hmm. the person who reached out to, like there was mm-hmm. nothing like they logically they put so much time and research into this that they knew nothing was going to come up of this but they could spend a couple afternoons dedicating yeah. to doing all of this i'm just i'm shocked and also i guess now that makes sense it's a textbook because i was like I know that there are websites where you can like request to be put on to get like books and to do in exchange for reviews. And like they're usually novels and people get excited about Mm -hmm. being matched with books and getting to do all of that shit. And so it just there's just no demand for anyone wanting to read this. Right. But they're like, well, we were wondering if we could make you feel special to then do it. Then also half of those messages sound like automated, too, even though it's Instagram. So it's probably not right that's so weird it's so weird and just annoying yeah and have you ever worked with this publisher before no no it's a textbook publisher so it's not like books that mm-hmm. i direct it would be a textbook so nobody's i guess there are there would be people that do read textbooks for people that need to hear it but like it wasn't that and based on how much money I get paid to direct an audiobook, so I know how much it costs to read and do like a peer review on a text me- on a textbook. Well, that's my other question. That's like, okay, so they did all this research enough to like go through your fucking Amazon reviews, find mm-hmm. your personal contact information and all of that shit. I'm like, at that point, when you discover, wow, this random person who left a review on Amazon works in the book space. And does and, and is a professional in this industry. Mm-hmm. Wow. I'm actually going to change how I said I discovered them or got their contact. Do you know what I mean? Like it yeah. would I like switch. Don't just be like, don't stick with the Amazon story. Like realize that you stumbled upon a gold mine and be like, oh, this is a professional. Either a don't waste the time by giving that offering them no money in exchange for labor or bring up that they are they notice your like actual active professional career not your right illustrious amazon review history ridiculous but the book it had to have been a textbook though it wasn't even like one that i would have read because if i was in if it was a production book yeah no in my mind i'm like what the fuck is that it's a textbook yeah 
Did you leave any reviews for other things on Amazon? Like, do you think that like in your near future, you could be getting reached out to by other things that you would enjoy? It was 10 years. Like, it was like one of those things where I was like, oh, I could do this 10 years ago. So I don't even remember. I don't remember. Wow. That's really fucking annoying. Why did these things happen to you? I don't know. (laughs) Like, does your Instagram give off like approachable? Like, because like, I love you so much. Like, I would not call you like, I guess maybe actually maybe if I have to think back when I didn't know you if like you look friendly and approachable I've never been told that I was friendly people are always like I always thought I was a bitch and I was like you should have kept with that first (laughs) exactly like when people realize that like you're not a raging cunt you're like god damn it like go back to that like (laughs) that's like the idea to me that like someone like looks on your Instagram and you go yes this is the one this is the Mm -hmm. one that's going to do this for free she looks just happy to do it yeah happy she has all the time in the world textbooks are like 500 thick pages with columns truly like i never even crossed my mind that people would have to like read textbooks to review do anything like that like you should be getting health insurance for that on top Mm -hmm. of like usually getting a 401k match for that that's like that is late that is that is that is a a misery like a horrible really difficult job i hate that so much. my personal health yeah. Wow. So yeah, you're not wrong at all. Thank you. You're welcome. All right. Your turn. So I have what I guess is a fucking hot take. And I actually don't know what your stance will be on this. Okay. My hot take is I am fucking anti the statement. We're naming adults, not babies. This is like a whole fucking thing that has come up in probably the last couple of years. But everybody's like, you know, trying to out unique the other with names and come up with all of these things. And you'll see a celebrity baby name announcement or even on like some of like the name nerd subreddit or influencers naming their children, like whatever it is, people talking shit about people they know. And it's always like these people just don't understand, like you're naming an adult you're not naming a baby or like, oh, I can't pick this name because that's a baby's name. That's not an adult name. That, no, no. That's not how ba- names There were work. babies named Steve. Th- there are babies named Bartholomew and there are babies named Rosie and there are adults named Rosie. Like this whole thing is like, what, wh- why are you infantilizing certain names and then not with others? Like, I just think it's so fucking weird. One of my favorite fun facts is Tiffany is like a biblical name or like a shit, no, Shakespearean, like old school fucking name that you would never think of. But like we have all these preconceived notions that are purely based on our own fucking worldview of the time period where we have lived and grown up. So like mm-hmm. I think of old people names. Well, my grandmother's name was Blodwin, which is not so much of a common Is name. that a last name? No, first name Blodwin. No, but I didn't know if they like took it from a previous last name and then made it a first name because it sounds like a last name. I know. I think it's Welsh. Okay. But I'm not entirely I sure. There's a like lot of that. like, I know it's kind of cool. There's like a yeah. Welsh Irish crossover names a lot in my family. So like, I know my, Bronwyns. I know a couple Bronwyns. That was, I think, maybe one of the sisters or like one of like another family member, like older than her. But yeah, I think there's like a Gwendolyn, maybe. I've got an Aunt Gwen whose name's Gwendolyn. 
yeah. So there's a bunch of like very like long in that kind of cadence of those names. But like, if I think of what I think of as an old name, it'd be like Edna. And there are babies with the name Edna who are going to mm-hmm. look at old people names and old people names are going to be Chloe and Hannah and Sarah. So like, this is, it's purely like these name trends are trends for a reason. They're on a cycle and it's going to be whatever you associate those things with. But you, when you're naming your child and you're like, well, no, no, I'm naming an adult. I'm naming an adult. No, no, no. That child is a fucking child. And this whole thing of like, well, it would be like an unprofessional name for like someone to like have at work. I'm like, "Mm, what is an unprofessional name to have at work? The only one I will say that I understand and I'm like, I wish it wasn't that way, but I do understand is when people are like not interested in naming their own young daughters, sweetie or honey because of how men in the workplace would probably abuse that. Like that, sure, I could get that. But also I I think not naming someone the name with something that's like E on the end where it's like, oh no, it's like too cutesy. Like that's just like not, that's not a grown up. And I'm like, shut the fuck up. Like name kids, name people, whatever you want to name them. Like again, I repeat, there were babies named Steve. I have a friend from high school. His name was Steven and that's what he was called his whole life. So he was a baby named Steven. Who cares? And and then he was a kid named Steven and then he was a teenager Mm -hmm. and then he was an adult. Like I just, I really don't like it. And it also connotates like really what it feels like a lot of people are saying is like they're stripper names and it's pretty much happening almost exclusively with more femme names and i'm just like what's wrong with a a, a stripper name what's wrong yeah. what's wrong with a stripper with a certain name that's like my name diamond there was a movie that came out in the 90s called players club in the main and it's a stripper movie in the main character's name was diamond and the people were like your name's a stripper name i was like this is my great grandmother's name like it's not a strip it's just like and it and so what it's a name you know what names i think we should steer clear of war criminals dictators strippers what what who cares who cares truly who cares who fucking cares it's just really fucking grinds my gears and i see all of these videos of people being like names that i would use for my baby but like but i can't because like it's like it's a baby like, I don't want to just name it like just like a baby name. And even some people would be like Davey. And I'm like, okay, so then Dave, Davis, like, or just Davey. Like, there is no name that someone has said to me that I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, you're right. That sounds like a bit, that would be weird on an adult. Like, but even like Davey, like, or Davi, or like, that's a, that's also a cultural name. Yeah. Like, and they all, <laughs> like, you tell me that baby's name is Davy. Cute. You tell me that adult's name is Davy. Cute. That grandpa's name is Davy. Cute. Like, yeah, cool. That's Davy. Great to meet Davy. Yeah, yeah. Amazing. Nice to meet you, Davy. Hi. Like, I just think back to like my aunt, who we're not gonna get into my fucking family tree, but essentially my cousins. I talk about my cousins, but we've got a lot of vague age gaps. There was a lot of teen pregnancy in my family, um, and so my cousins, who I call my cousins, are my second cousins. So. Mm-hmm. My second cousins, who are both older than me, they call my aunt because she's their grandma. They call her Gaga or Gaga. And like to this day, that is what she's called. That's essentially like mm-hmm. a baby going goo goo Gaga. And this is a woman in her 70s being referred to as that. Like she's not a baby. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they're calling her goo goo Gaga. Like it's, oh, it just name your kid whatever the fuck you want to name your kid. You know? Yeah. I mean, you're not wrong. I think 
I'm over I'm over certain names personally, but just the spellings. Like, you know, that's like if you want to roast anyone for anything, like people who are doing unnecessary things, I just say, think of the Scantron test. As someone with a hyphenated last name, it doesn't fit. So just think of the Scantron test when you are the only thing I would say when naming your kid. Just the Scantron doing test. Scantrons? Well, Scantron test and anything that involves you having to fill your name in through bubbles or with like you have a small space to write mm-hmm. your name. That's the only thing I'll say. Like, my name is a lot of fucking letters. Like, and then they threw yeah, in the H. They're just add more. <laughs> they just add more fucking letters. So that's my hot take. I don't think that's too hot. Um, I know yeah. the internet will make you think it's too hot, but I, I just don't think that. Whatever. So my friend named her baby Sterling, and she really liked the name. And then people were telling her it was like an old man name. And I was like, who cares like it's a great name that was my grandfather and my uncle's name like that's a cute name yeah i grew up with a sterling sterling k brown exists too i also could not give it less of a shit of what someone like names like someone like named their kid like pumpkin i'm like okay someone names their kid reminds me of flavor love (laughs) someone names their kid i love new york i'm like relatable tiffany bollard new york spit on pumpkin so that you have twins <laughs> you're just starting lifelong <laughs> lifelong drama between the uh-huh. two i'm just recreating my favorite moments from tv and my children ah, that would be so funny all right now we're gonna take a break Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements featuring rust proof stainless steel hardware, weather ready teak and quick dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com acast and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. 
add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com In our live stream, our listeners are always recommending and talking about books. So we're so excited about Book of the Month because this is something that our listeners are going to love. This is a brand that I've been familiar with for a, a long time. I like love watching people talk about it. I love seeing what books people are reading and like what books they have available. And I, I, I love I love everything about it. So I'm so excited uh, for someone who like, <laughs> you know, the ease of getting into a book, a lot of it can feel like really daunting. So to have like a service where it's like, you're going to get like high quality hardcover books, which that's my preferred way to read at incredible prices, but also curated. So it's like amazing, cool, wonderful, great. This is, it's kind of like a, a straight shot into that and something that book of the month you can do over and over and over again. And one of the great things about it is the longer you are part of the program, the cheaper the books get. Book of the Month's mission is to help readers discover new books they love and promote the work of emerging authors. One of the amazing things about Book of the Month is that every aspect of Book of the Month experience is designed to be fun and special for readers. First of all, the books come in a bright blue box, which is very pretty. Me and Megan were just talking about them. There's also a fun app to pick your books and track reading progress and as well there are reading challenges and rewards and book of the month makes it really easy to decide what book to read next which for me is like the biggest hurdle i love when other people make choices for me especially when they're good choices and i'm like cool i can trust you so each month the editorial team reads through hundreds of new titles and they pick some of the best new books for you to choose from all of the books are so good you can't go wrong and i mean that wholeheartedly when we were picking like our selects for this i was like this I like all of them this is hard and I literally coordinated with Melissa and I was like okay so these are like my top ones I'm assuming they will be yours so don't pick the same one as me so then we can swap afterwards and that's what we did so we got the ministry of time by Killian Bradley and we also received the return of Ellie Black by Emiko Jean the ministry of time is like people are calling it like if you're a fan of Outlander and like spy novels or time traveling books it's quoted from town and country saying it's really innovative fun storytelling the ministry of time is definitely for you and listed as 45 of the must read books for spring 2024 and then harper's bazaar also said part time travel romance part spy thriller and 100 percent multifaceted joyride <gasps> when i tell you that i was like sold we're also excited about the return of ellie black and this one is about a missing girl who returns but that isn't the end of the story it's only the beginning. We both like a, a, a detective book. This one is uh, 20 years since Detective Chelsea Calhoun's sister vanishes. Ever since, Chelsea has been searching for signs for closure for other missing girls. But happy endings are rare in Chelsea's line of work, which that sounds so intriguing. And I'm looking forward to reading this novel so much. Can't wait. And we're so excited to usher in this new sponsor. And we know y'all are already going to love this. Plus, we've been recommended this so many times. Mm -hmm. So I, I we, we've already got fans in you. Try the service yourself at bookofthemonth.com and you can get your first book for $5 with code PEDALS. That is 
your first book, $5 at bookofthemonth.com using code PEDALS. We are back from our break and it's time to get into our second segment, which is titled, But Are You Wrong? And in this segment, we read your email submissions where you let us know a situation, some drama or kerfuffle that is happening in your life where you want to know if you are the hero or the villain. So you can submit those to butamirongpod at gmail.com. You have to keep them under 300 words. And we do ask that you include ages, pronouns if you would like, and give some pseudonyms to people because it helps us follow along a little bit better. And if it's not too much to ask for the people who are going above and beyond and you want to do that little extra credit, you don't have to do this. But if you, for fun, like doing it where you you name people based on characters in a TV show or a movie or anything like that, pop culture, you need to make sure the relationships add up because I personally have a very hard time when you're naming someone. Um, It's like Rose and Jack and your brother and sister. I'm like, okay, but the Titanic and like this seems a little incestuous and it's just going to have me to have these biases. Like I can't check those at the door. (laughs) So, um, all right. So email number one. Hi, Megan and Melissa. My friend and I are 23. She, her, and her boyfriend is 23. He, him. She started dating her boyfriend in the beginning of 2022 and casually mentioned that he hasn't been vaccinated for COVID yet because he has a phobia of needles. Hmm. During that time, we weren't seeing people or going to get togethers because of COVID. So it seemed odd that she was willing to go out with this guy when she had been so careful slash stress, the importance of COVID restrictions for people's health. I said, I don't feel comfortable with him not being vaccinated for myself and my family's health. The beginning of 2022 was when everyone, her included, got their third doses in my area. Now in 2023, my friend and I both had gotten our booster doses. Later, she mentioned how her boyfriend still hasn't got any vaccines because of his phobia of of needles. And I reacted saying it didn't seem like a valid reason to not get vaccinated since it has been almost two years since we were originally able to get vaccines. She mentioned that he was trying to go to a specific place where they take phobias into account when administering vaccines. And I asked why he didn't go there in the past two years. And she said he has he was very busy with work and life. I told her I wouldn't be comfortable being around him in the future until he gets vaccinated and would keep our interactions limited to outside because of this. Am I wrong to have said this to her? She reacted seemingly fine and hasn't been upset with me since. We don't live near each other, long distance friendship. I needed to show proof of vaccination to continue university classes and go to work. I don't know how he hasn't needed to slash avoided it all. Well, you know. Do you perchance relate to this? As someone who is terrified she doesn't love needles. It's not her favorite thing is an understatement. Terrified <laughs> of needles. I got vaccinated and boosted numerous times. And so I do not feel like this is a valid excuse because health outweighed my fear. And if he was really trying to go to the specific place, which I don't believe 
exist because every you time I've gone to go, no, every time I've gone to get my vaccine, I just tell the people I'm like, hey, I have a fear. And most of them, like, they've been very calm. One woman was like, great, I need a break. So you gather yourself and I'll like, I'm just going to be here. And then she came back and like, I told her I was ready, but I still wasn't ready and freaked out. And then she tapped me and pinched me and then just stuck it in. Like, this is something that a lot of people have. Nurses are trained or the person administering the vaccine, nurse, doctor, pharmacist, whoever is permitted to give it, they're trained in this. They will help. Even like some places I went on the form, it said, do you have, do you need extra time? This is not an excuse. That is not his excuse. He is, dare I say it, anti-vax. Yes. And he might have been vaccinated as a kid. I don't know. But like pertaining to this specific vaccine, he is not making the necessary precautions to do this. If he wanted to, he like if he wanted to, he would. He would. If he wanted to go to the specific place that he believes that they will take special care of him, he would make the time to do it. But Mm -hmm. he's not. And so, no, you're not wrong. But also, I would limit my interactions with her as well because she's in contact with him constantly. So it's not just him. It's her that I would limit interactions with too and also he's just making up an excuse not to get the vaccine this is not the truth yeah uh that's not the truth ellen you were invited like i i wholeheartedly agree and i think like very rarely would i ever come at phobias um rebuting or like trying to work through phobias with logic in this sense because it doesn't always come across very sensitive but in this sense like This isn't a hypothetical, like there is a very real pandemic with very real health repercussions. And if you get horribly sick, you will have, you'll have needles and then you'll also be sick as well. Like it's not Mm -hmm. something you totally avoid. And like, even with you, like when you were getting your, when we were all getting boosted and stuff, I remember looking at stuff for like, I think it was even like regular vaccine and boosters and stuff. And here's a little backstory. Melissa definitely has asthma. She just is not diagnosed with asthma yet. And so when looking for, like, we were looking at appointments and stuff, I remember looking through and I was like, Melissa, you definitely can get your vaccine early. And you were like, I, I know I probably can, but like, I have been mentally preparing. Like, I know exactly when I'm going to do this. And like, even like, there's a date, like when I got mine, I was like, oh, you can get yours early the day that I got mine. And you were like, Mm -hmm. I'm good. Like, I know this is like what I need for this. And same thing with boosters. You're like, I, you would set the time and you would do all of this research and thought nobody is like, holding a gun to your head, no one's forcing you to do this, but like you're mitigating your own phobias based on what soothes you and what comforts Mm -hmm. you in an uncomfortable situation. And it was like, you just set those parameters for for yourself and you got vaccinated within the same schedule as everybody else. Yeah. But like, yeah. And also I was like, I'm at home by myself, so I don't need to get in front of line for other people but also like you said I had to mentally prepare myself and I did for each one of them I have mentally prepared myself I've scheduled it I've talked to because Allison's gone with me for every single one of them I talked to her see what worked for her schedule sheet and like this is it's just it's not an excuse like if he want he would make the time to do this he just does not want to get vaccinated having a busy schedule I have a busy schedule yeah. And he's saying life got in the way and it's like, well, hopefully well, what if you die? Yeah. 
because that could also death would death is a little bit more mm-hmm. life altering than life. Some might call it ending. So yeah. I really agree with you in this sense. I think that like at this point too, I'm sure there are some people who there have not done a lot of work leading up to this with like their phobia. And that to me would be like, okay, I would be in telehealth therapy appointments constantly Mm -hmm. until I'm able to do that. And I would also be isolating myself and making sure of that because my phobias and my own things that should not put other people potentially at risk. And I would be working like on every free moment that I had and I would prioritize doing whatever I needed to get myself there. It's been three years. Like there's no it's there's no years. Yeah. There's no, there's no, no at this point, anymore. I agree with you. Like he's straight up just an anti-vaxxer and this is his cover. And it makes it, it's a, it's a cover that's hard for other people to question or to mm-hmm. like, be like, uh, really? Like, or in his mind, maybe like, it's the free pass. You can't judge for that. Right. But here I am judging. Don't tell me I can't judge. That's what was asked of us. That's no, no, the no, whole I mean, point for him, of this show. For him. If he's he like it. being like, I gave myself, I found the way out that nobody can question. I go, I'm here to question. Anyway, your turn. <laughs> Hi, m M&M. My pronouns are she, her. A weird interaction happened today over text with my boyfriend, he, him, of four years. We've been living together for two years. I am 25. He is 30. I need your perfect input. Oh, thank you. <laughs> am I wrong in this situation? <laughs> but they said in this sus. <laughs> My partner, Paul, texted me to let me know that he is going to have dinner tonight with some of his friends. When I asked who it was, he told me, I'm going out with Mark. We met him ages ago once for his birthday dinner. Andrea and his other friend who was supposed to be in the birth- who was supposed to be at the birthday dinner but never showed. Since Andrea is a new name I've never heard, I asked who Andrea was. He replied that Andrea is a friend who was supposed to be there for dinner but never showed. They're going to be three for dinner now, not four. Mark, Andrea, and him. Keep in mind, this dinner was literally four years ago. I found it weird that he mentioned that she was supposed to be there because it's so long ago and she never even went to the party. I'm not a very jealous person at all, but it seems like he's weirdly trying to put some distance between himself and Andrea in a weird way, presenting it like she is his friend's friend and not his friend at all. I asked if he is friends with Andrea and he confirmed. When I asked him why he phrased it so weirdly, he replied he was just trying to provide context. Am I reading too much into this? P.S. He's a translator. Writing is his job. I'm not saying that he texts me perfect essays all day, but normally he's a pretty good communicator. What? This is like weird to me. This is very weird. So I don't think that you're like wrong for reading into this. I also don't want to say I think he's like totally wrong, but based on like, really, thank you for the last little sentence you said about like, he's a translator. He's normally a very good communicator because like my initial question would have been, does he offer some like weird contextual things? Cause like I sometimes do that all the time where I like, want to tell somebody something, but I decide I have to like do a backstory that is like almost completely unrelated. And like, I will then be like, Oh my God, what was I talking about before? So if he's not like that normally, it does kind of seem like an excess of useless information to like overload you with that information. So you don't mm-hmm. ask, or he is, it's not the, it's like lying by omission, but I used to do this like as a teenager where like I would like for adults in my life, if they like ask questions, like I would just overly share about things about other people. So then they wouldn't, they wouldn't ask about me or they wouldn't like, they would assume that like, oh, look, talking about all this, like clearly like doesn't relate to this or something like that. Like that was a tactic that I had. And it is definitely a tactic that like 
you overload someone else with like useless information so you don't dig for the useful information. So I think it's such weird, unnecessary context. And I don't know if my mind would have gone to like, oh, he's like trying to put distance between himself. Like, but as you say that, like, I do think that you are correct. I don't know if I would have gotten to that conclusion so quickly. Like, I might have just been like, why are you being weird? Do you have like what? Like, is there someone else who's not go- like, do you know what I mean? Like, so I don't know if it's this Andrea who is the problem or Andrea is a red herring and he's trying to make you worry about like that. And that's actually not it. You know what I mean? Like there's someone else there who's going, who's someone who he is interested in, but it's like, oh, well, Andrea, but then very quickly you could then meet Andrea, talk to Andrea and then suddenly see like, oh, it's definitely not. But yeah, this is just, I think this is also weird. And I would be not, I would be not having a good time processing this. I would look on social media and figure out who the fuck Andrea is because this is weird to me. I don't understand why he's being weird about it. If he just wasn't like trying to overly explain himself, then I would be like, whatever, cool. I'm fine with significant others having friends of another sex or whatever. It's just odd that he went into so much explanation and then was weird about it and then bringing... I don't understand why the thing from four years ago was even brought up. Was it just like, no, we've been friends for four years and you just don't know this person? That's even weirder that they've been friends for four years and you've been together with them for two years and you don't know who this person is. Very good point, dude. Very good point. I didn't even pick up on that. Yeah. I mean, I, you don't need my permission to snoop. As we always say, when, if, if the urge to snoop comes over you, there's a reason and you snoop for like, you you don't accidentally snoop. Like you snoop Mm -hmm. because you think something might be up. And I am very, very pro snooping in that sense, because either it eats away at you (laughs) or you find what you need to see. Like, you know, if you're not going to yep. leave without having concrete proof and evidence or whatever it is, like that's when you you have to snoop. So I would not only be checking all the socials, like Melissa said, like I would be snooping mm-hmm. on his phone. Emails, you know, credit cards. <laughs> you live together. Don't commit like... Things. I need yep. info. Please let us know what this, like how this has transpired because... This is from this. Uh, this dinner has already happened. Mm-hmm. So we would like to know. All right. Hello, Megan and Melissa. Last October, my boyfriend, male 24 of two years, broke up with me, female 25, randomly over text messages. In mid-January, he finally agreed to exchange things. I gave him a letter I had written asking if he could explain why he ended things. February 27th, he texted me a response to the letter detailing how depressed he was, saying he was secretly addicted to pornography and that it made him more sad and more depressed. This is all in quotes, more sad, more depressed. And and I'm sick of being on this earth. I'm not going to die on purpose, but I wouldn't fight it if that's what fate had for me. I'm tired of pretending to be the person everyone sees, end quote. It was alarming to read, so I wanted to reach out to someone he's close with but didn't know if it was overstepping. But I asked my therapist and she encouraged me to do so. So I texted his sister and she flipped the fuck out. 
To be fair, I got nervous after texting her, so I didn't look at my phone for an hour. She said this was some sick joke and was going to report me to the police. When I saw, I apologized for freaking her out and said I just wanted someone in his life to know. She asked why he would have told me this. I said he was explaining the breakup and said a screenshot with that quote I shared with y'all, but not the porn part as it seemed too personal to share. So she knew I wasn't lying. Then she said nothing. After that, I was sobbing, thinking maybe I had made everything worse for him. My friends say I did the right thing, but I don't know. Am I wrong for letting his sister know how depressed he is? I don't think you're wrong for letting her know, but I think you're wrong for the way that you went about it. This is heavy information and a lot to get in a text message, especially if you weren't in contact with her leading up to this and she knows that y'all are broken up and probably doesn't know the full story of why he broke up well he does she doesn't know she doesn't know the full story of why he broke up with her so I would have if I were to do this I would have said hey I have something that's important that I need to discuss with you can we either talk or are you comfortable right now to receive the text message because this is a lot of information to put on someone who may not have been in the headspace to hear it at that time. And so you need, to, and I think you should have prefaced it to say that this is like important and dire and I need to talk to you and not have sent it in a text message unless you let her know ahead of time that this was going to be something heavy. Because if I got that in text message, I don't think I would have responded in the way that she did but it might if I let's say I was in the middle of maybe recording this podcast and I looked down and I had a text message saying that my sibling was depressed and they didn't want to be on earth anymore I don't think I would have responded kindly to that I might have taken a moment but like especially coming from somebody that I haven't talked to in a long time so again I don't think you were wrong for telling her but I think you were wrong in the way that you went about it I fully agree. I don't think you're wrong in telling her at all. I don't think you made the situation worse at all because your intention was to not make it worse. But I don't think that you were quite emotionally ready to do what you felt you were obligated to do. And that to me is like the not checking your phone for an hour. That's not okay in this situation. Mm -hmm. And I agree with Melissa. Like, I understand if you wouldn't want to talk about it on the phone. It's like a relatively fresh breakup. Like you're still very emotional about it. I am uncomfortable talking on the phone to most people, but I really appreciate people who let me know that they're going to like, they've got something to tell me that's like heavy or something. And then ask if I'm in the space to hear it. People have done that to me. And I've been like, I'm honestly like not like I can talk about it tomorrow. And I've also had people who haven't asked and I've had a situation about getting a text message about like someone in my family passing away in like a really horrific, horrific, tragic way while I was on FaceTime with Lily and Jesse. And I like burst into tears and just like slammed the computer shut. And they were both like, what the fuck just happened? And like, they were both like so kind and like helpful, sweet about it. But like, it's like being like emotionally accosted. Like it is day ending, week ending, like that kind of stuff. They then they don't become helpful in the way that you're reaching out to them because they're closer to that person and they can be of more of help than you can. When you just unload something on that without someone being prepared or ready for that, they don't become helpful. They become in an emotionally numb state similar to the one that you might be in. So I think that 
you felt this was the right thing to do and you knew it was the right thing to do. And I agree with you, but I think that just because you were in the right for doing it, it might, it can have been the wrong time. And it doesn't mean that just the wrong time for her, but if this was something you really needed to get over with very quickly, then you weren't at the right space to, to tell Mm -hmm. her yet. And that's also okay. And in that instance, then I would have asked your therapist, like while you're in the office with her or whether you're like on something like, can you help me draft how to go about this? Because you're processing a breakup and you're also processing this information. So the way that you're thinking about how other people are processing information, you're coming from an emotional heightened state. And so you don't have that baseline to make sure that you're not just bringing people into that state along with you as you're trying to you know, grasp for air and get someone who can be a little bit more like stabilizing. And we can destabilize other people in those instances without attempting to or wanting to. But I've been on the other side of it too, of a former friend who I heard through their partner or their partner, their ex-partner who we I was very close with and that they were having a really hard time. And it was like alarming the things that they were saying. And their ex like did not feel comfortable telling their parents. And they told me and I was like, I'll tell their parents like, I'm not I don't have this. Our friendship has ended, but I don't have this like really intense current thing happening with them right now. So I can tell their parents and I'm it it was a lot easier for me to to do so than it would would have been for them. Their parents did not take it well. Like they got upset with me. And the person didn't take it well when they found it afterwards. But I was like, I don't want to sound like callous to say like, I was fine with that. But it was like, I wasn't so emotionally invested in these relationships. Like I was just doing it to get the message to the people who should hear the message. And so when you're too emotionally tied into these situations and how other people react to them can really like deeply affect you, then it's like, okay, so I'm not the right person to get through to this person. And maybe I'm not even the right person to reach out to somebody to get through to this person. Like, okay, so who do, do is there a, a, a mutual friend that we have that can reach out to his sister? So I don't think your intentions were wrong. Yeah, I don't think so either. And the thing is, like, once you sent the text messages, the sister was more accepting of it. So she may not have initially believed you, but she she was she was still like once she got over the shock she was in a place where she could accept it so I think that just shows that like it was the delivery and not the and not the information all right now your turn this one gets straight to the fucking point (laughs) am I wrong if I start leading post-it notes calling out my disgusting co-workers I'm on the edge of my goddamn fucking seat (laughs) hola Megan and Melissa I am 26 years old from Buenos Aires Argentina she her I work at an office full time and I'm having a list and I'm having a list of all the problems this office and my cohabitants have that are just gross and rude. First off, we have two bathrooms per floor at the women's bathroom on the bottom floor where I'm located. Someone keeps peeing and not flushing the toilet. It's not your house. Just don't do it. Moving on to the shared kitchen. I found multiple mugs dirty with the rest of coffee on the counter and no one seems too eager to wash them. Same with the cutlery. We have a shared fridge and not one person seems like they've ever organized a fridge or played Tetris or something. They throw their Tupperware, half empty bottles, delivery bags, etc. and close the door. I've already gone to the kitchen and found the fridge open because of because of overcrowding it and starting to defrost, which eventually ruins everyone's food. 
We had a few days where the cleaning personnel were not coming for external reasons and the shared tables were filthy. Someone left a used glass for two days straight. Again, if you do it at home, fine, don't do it here. Lastly, reheating fish in a shared microwave should be illegal, but these people continue to do it. I want to start putting post-it notes at certain spots of conflict, calling out everyone. I already brought up the issue of my of the fridge to my superior, but nothing was done. Am I wrong or am I expecting too much from these people? Bring up the tough love if I need it. I hate it here and I'm already thinking of quitting. Love you gals. I hope you have a wonderful day. I have different thoughts and feelings. I don't think that you are having unrealistic expectations, but I think you are expecting too much of these specific people who have just constantly shown you that they're relatively gross. Like you don't become like a, an, an adult who does those things in a ch- shared workspace without knowing that it bothers other people. Like how I clean and like keep our house is very different than how I am like when I'm visiting and staying at like Matsu's parents' house or the mountain house or like anything like that. Like, so there's not like being completely unaware and it does seem like they're all on the same page except you. So it might be like these people all work well together in their their little office of their cubicle of filth, their office of filth, and you were the odd one out. So I don't think as humans we should you're expecting too much for asking people to be respectful, especially if you're like of a communal space. That's a workspace. Like mm-hmm. you already don't even like want it. Like you have to be there. It's your job. Like this is like I don't know. Part of me thinks like <laughs> if you're already planning on leaving and you hate it, the passive aggressive notes would be fun. But I don't know if that would then what you're if you would get fired, like and you don't get severance or whatever shit comes from that. The last thing I'll say is the fish in the microwave thing. First of all, I mostly am either in awe or feeling bad for people who are microwaving fish because either they have timed it so perfectly when cooking it previously that when they put it in the microwave, which you have been able to do, that you have or were you doing it with steak? What was the one I was talking to you about earlier that I was like, how are you reheating that? Oh, it was steak. steak. And you were like, you were undercooking it the just right amount. So then by the time that you would put it in the microwave, it would be like the exact right temperature. It would be perfectly done. So there are people who are able to do that with fish. I'm in awe of them. I'm like, tell me your ways. Like, look at those. Seek- like, that's amazing. But then there are a lot of people who are <laughs> reheating. They are eating sawdust at the end of it. Like they are eating dry ass little wood chips. And for that, I feel bad for them, but I do have like, I don't know. I'm like very anti uh, policing of food related smells. Like actually maybe I'm just anti policing uh, of smells mostly in general. Like yes, garbage without a doubt. But like if someone farts, if you have to fart, fart, don't keep that. Go for it. Whatever you need to do for your body. But uh, there are going to be smells and things that bother certain people and not other people. And Maybe there is a universal smell that we all hate. But like for me, I can't stand the smell of original Dawn Power Wash since I accidentally ate some. And I can't (laughs) stand the smell of lavender. And those are things that like I recognize are me things. And if they're so bad that I can't deal with them. But like maybe I've also never dealt with something like that on like like people really hate like tuna on a plane. Like I would never do it because I know it's like socially I'm not supposed to do it. But like I don't know that I would notice if someone else did or I would really care but I'm not sure like maybe I just haven't experienced that mine's like smelly socks that's like the thing like those are like things I can't do mildew smelly socks bo 
But also, like, you don't know personally, like, if that's all that person had to eat for today. Like, they had leftovers. I guess for me, because I have my own contamination issues, so I'm constantly, if I'm out in a shared space, I'm going to clean it regardless. So this doesn't, like, I would not use the communal utensils or things. I would just bring my own. If this is how they've been working and you're doing this, they might also just be pushing back because you're leaving post-it notes. Like, I would find that so annoying. And oh, it's totally. not a, that's not like a dig at you, but like, personally, if I saw somebody leaving post-its everywhere to tell me to do something that not everybody, everybody is like not doing, like, it would just, like, they're probably talking, you're probably fine with this, but they're probably talking about you behind your back, how you're like, trying to mommy everybody and like everybody like I would be like I'm an adult I can do whatever the hell I want to do so I don't think that you leaving post-it notes is helping the situation at all it's probably making it worse so if you have issues with these things that everybody else has accepted bring your own cleaning stuff like if you're going to use the the communal tables just wipe it down and sit down if you're have an issue with the dishes and stuff bring your own mug bring your own silverware and just use that with the bathroom, you know, just flush it before you come go in. Some people see it like as an, if they pee, they see it as an environmental thing. I'm not flushing the toilet. So like, I don't know what people's beliefs are. Do I think it's disgusting? Yes. Cause I don't want to, when you're flushing the toilet, all those particles are, are flying. So I'd flush it and like leave and then go back in. Mm-hmm. I'd rather have my pee particles flying. Than but also, else's. Yeah. Also, urine is sanitary, even though it's been sitting in the toilet. It might have cleaned the toilet a little bit better. (laughs) But yeah, I just I think that what you're doing is annoying. And so I guess I think that you're wrong. Yeah, I think if you did that, you would if you did that with the intent of changing hearts and minds, you would be wrong. If you did it for your own cathartic release, like and you did it like to cause chaos, it'll make it worse. But like, I don't depends on what you want out of it. Like I'm all for a cathartic release. And sometimes that takes form in things that are petty, but you have to know going into it that like, it's, you're not going to be, it's not going to be like a happy, pleasant surprise that it does shift the culture mm-hmm. at the workplace. Like it's not. And yeah, I think that you probably are the odd one out, which I don't think that your standard and expectation is wrong, but I think it is wrong to change people and clearly management like is fine with it so then it becomes like okay why well, i'm not going to spend my time and energy trying to get these people to like step up to be a more considerate workplace and a cleaner workplace because that's you're not you're not being paid to do that like i would find a different job at that point if you yeah. like in the best of your ability so you know wrong not wrong <laughs> All right, so that is it for this segment. We're going to take a break. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. 
Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. We're back from our break, and we're going to get into our final segment, But Are They Wrong? And that's when we pick somebody in the world who is the worst of the week as Megan likes to say, the woad of the week, the Mm -hmm. Rachel of the week. Oh, tomato, tomato, tomato. And my pick this week is Joanna Segovia, who is the executive director at the San Jose Police Officers Association. Every week I hear a name I've never heard before and you give me suddenly my number one enemy and another person (laughs) I add to the list for my personal purge. I'm like, okay, what do we've got today? What What do you think Joanna did? I don't know, but I heard police and San Jose and nothing good is going to come from those two statements together. So Homeland Security said that between 2015 and January 2023, Joanna allegedly ordered using the police officers association's computer and her home computer thousands of drugs. The drugs, you may ask, synthetic opioids, Xanax, fentanyl, you name it which she ordered from India and her plan was to distribute them. And, you know, allegedly she already did that from 2015 on the boxes. She had them labeled clocks and makeup. 
and she's now facing oh my federal God. charges. Do a, be a little bit smart. Nobody is putting clock. First of all, you have multiple clocks and clocks in makeup. That logical mm-hmm. sense. You, yep. Shut yep. the fuck up. She's facing federal charges. About 61 shipments that they know of were made. In her Google search, she said, to paraphrase, how do I get drugs from overseas? And Melissa, I was about to ask you, how the fuck do you even do this? She Googled. I guess I could Google as well. And then she started emailing other people. This broad has been selling drugs for over seven years while working toward the police. She also didn't like the supplier in India. So then she switched to China and she used Cash App to pay these people. So there's records of this. And then when she was caught, she blamed her housekeeper for ordering them, even though there are also records on computers at the police association. And she has been allegedly pointing fingers at immigrants and Mexican cartels for bringing opioids to the U.S. When you said San Jose, I knew there had to be a racist element in here. The call is literally coming from inside the house. Like, the money is coming from your cash app. The search engine is coming from your computer. Like, bitch, the fuck? First of all. Not not surprised at, you know, corruption no. in the police at all. The police is inher- inherently corrupt. But then she's pointing fingers, which, again, tracks because that's what hypocrites do. But you're going to throw your housekeeper under the bus? Fuck off. Also, like, I'm not saying you need to be, like, a genius to commit, like, crimes or anything like that. But if this shows you that there is no, there is no, wow, it's an apt, <laughs> an apt comparison or, or a statement. There is no drug that is stronger and more intoxicating than power, especially mm-hmm. in terms of policing. Like, you and I and everyone else who hears this is like, what the fuck? But like, there's an untouchable feeling you have when you are working within law enforcement. And so like legitimately, oh no, there is not a lot of thought and foresight going into this because it's, I'll get out of it. It's me. Like I have all the access. Like I'm, I have the upper hand. Like I'm on this fucking power trip. So therefore I'm unfucking touchable. Like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm, I'm actually like, not so i wish which i don't think that they will do um backstory for people if anyone does not know san jose in california um and it's a relatively diverse area of california and what happens in a lot of relatively diverse areas of california specific i mean i guess southern california too but specifically in northern california i'm more familiar with because that's where i grew up you'll have a lot of fucking racist people like you'll have a lot then when you have a diverse area, lots of racist people who are in power, police who are in power, you have a lot of people who like everyone abuses it everywhere, but it's you abuse it. And then your citizens and the people, no one's holding you accountable because no one cares because the people who are voting for you and keeping those things, all of those things, you're like, yeah, no, we're all, we're all in agreement. We're all like raging racist. So I wish, and I don't think they'll do this. But I would be absolutely shocked if one of the people that she was not selling to would have been specific precincts to then plant drugs on other people. I don't think that they'll look into that because then they would 
they're going to uncover They would have more to, things. yeah, they'd have to reconcile with that after they already have to deal with all of that shit. But without a fucking doubt, like that's why she was comfortable cl- playing. Like, she did it for seven it. years. Yeah. No, but blaming it on her housekeeper because it's like, hey, this is something that I know that I'm going to be able to do this. And these people will probably like, probably she was assuming that they have, were not onto her as much as they were. And it was at a federal level. And that, you know, if someone else might have noticed, maybe at that point in her history, someone else called her out on it and she had the police plant drugs on them and was like, oh, no, mm-hmm. it's them. They're doing this. Like, I didn't I can't believe I missed hearing this. You know me. I fought find things in the deep pockets of the Internet. Yeah. San Jose. <laughs> <laughs> A fucking deep pocket. Wow. Holy shit. Well, fuck her. Yeah. So for mine, I'm not nominating this person. I want to first start by saying the person who I saw this from. And it is a TikToker named Danny Morin 13. And I saw this this morning and completely switched like what I was going to talk about because I had never heard of this before. And so I'm not going to get into her whole backstory um, too in depth. It's really sad. And also I have not done enough research to do it justice in the way that like she's an advocate and talks about it a lot. So I would check out that is her TikTok account. She lost her child in 2016 due to negligence at a daycare in California. He was strangled by like an amber teething necklace. The daycare was so understaffed with far too many kids that they just didn't notice and they were too negligent to call 911 or administer CPR. So he could have been saved. It was a very avoidable thing. Mm-hmm. And the ratio of kids to adults was so beyond past what is even legal. So since then, she has advocated against people using these amber teething necklaces. I mean, children die from them at home, like with two parents there with even at daycares that have fine ratios like the the actual mechanism of them themselves are dangerous and they're not recommended and babies die it's it's truly just not worth it so she advocates against that and then she also advocates for like safe and affordable childcare access for all and making mandates and specific requirements for these these daycares and facilities so she's worked so hard at doing all of this stuff and basically has been able to pass mandates and regulations through Congress with her advocacy to make sure that specifically in California, because California was one of the, and she found this out after her, she lost her son, California is one of the few states that doesn't have yearly mandated and required facility checks of daycares. So she got this bill passed where then California California had to do yearly checks on these daycares because you know, she found out that her day, the daycare, there were some other complaints there and things that they hadn't been up to code and doesn't know because, you know, as you, you trust the government to be on top of these things. So she had posted this TikTok today as we're recording this on April 4th. And she has her younger son. She's looking to put him in daycare. And as she is like looking up, different daycares to send him to she is doing her due diligence now that she has been a fallen victim to knowing how 
shitty the system is, she's doing all of the research on these checks of these daycares. And she's seeing that none of them have had check-ins in three years, four years, two years, six years, ever since. And she had passed that, like had worked, they've passed this law in California that they're legally required to do month, to do yearly check-ins at these daycares. And they're just not doing it. She calls all these different people. She's like trying to figure this out. And they're basically giving her the runaround, even though she's like, hi, I'm the mom who like advocated to Congress like for this. And this was passed. What's going on? And they're giving lots of different excuses. She finally gets like on like the top, top, tippy top person in that chain to talk to. And they're like, oh, you know, we can't do much, but call these people. She calls the other people and they're like, who gave you this? She says, and they're like, well, that's our boss. Like, they're the one who is like at the top of this. And they're blaming lots of different things, blaming COVID, saying that COVID, like th- these daycares, they weren't in facility, like 365 days, like it has, they weren't in, in, in use for like a whole year. And it's like, well, no, it has been since then all of this. And it's that they've passed a law that they're not enforcing. And so, and this is like one of those things that's like, <laughs> think about it from an episode of Veep I recently watched with my, one of my favorite characters, Susan Ross, who was like, this bill seems great. How are we going to enforce it? And it was like all of these people being like, well, you know, like it'll be a law. So it'll be illegal if we don't. It's like, okay, well, so who's monitoring? Who's not following it? Like, who's going to do that? Who's going to be on top of that? And this is one of those things that it's like, holy shit. So you can do everything. You can spend all of your time being an advocate for this because you suffered an immense trauma at this negligence. And even with all of these things in place, the system is not set up to follow through on what they have promised, nor have they spent the money to hire more people if that is the issue to like check in and do all of this stuff. And then the recommendation that they gave her, which they told her not to tell people, but she goes, I'm telling people was for any specific daycare that you want to send your kid to like call your local government representative in your city or in your county or even in the state or social services and ask them to do a specific check on the daycare, which can be then flagged as a false report for abuse or something bad happening at a daycare that hasn't. So these daycares, most of them want these yearly check-ins are asking for them. But right now, the only way that they're going to happen is if they get accused of doing something bad. So it's either accusing something that hasn't happened yet or waiting until it's too late. And that's kind of when it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And childcare in the United States is fucked. And the shit people you see about daycares and, and stuff and like then very quickly, their narrative switches to just employ a nanny. And it's like, well, people can't afford nannies. And it's like, well, then pay nannies what you pay. Like someone was like, well, like, our daycare six, one of the comments was like, our daycare is $600 a week, the one that I work at. And like, I would take less than that from a family to be a nanny. And it's like, that's like less than $30,000 a year in California. Like you can't live on that. So then we're asking people to not take a living wage to take care of their children, to take care of somebody else's children. Like that, that person who you are entrusting to take care of your child I don't want to skip out on how much I'm paying someone to to do something like that because we don't have government funding for that. Like, I think that if if we had government funded daycare, 
those people should also be paid very well. I think teachers should be paid very well. But all of this as a response of like, then then take advantage of somebody else and don't pay them well is not the correct response to this. And just like, I don't know, this is like one of those ones that I'm like, there's like really nothing good coming out. of Like she's did everything that she was supposed to. She did everything right. And like, when you think about it from like, I would I would never call myself like an activist, but from someone who like follows a lot of activists and like looks at people like talking the talk, walking the walk and like going through and doing this stuff like this is something I I look at and I was like, holy shit. Wow. Like that took so much time, effort and for a grieving mother to have the bandwidth to be able to do that and to then have people listen and pass through all of this stuff and then have it just kind of end there. It makes you feel like very small. And I'm not someone who like looks at elections or looks at things and is like, well, what's the point? Like, I'm just like not going to participate in this because like, it's just like a family. It's never going to work out in all of that stuff. And she's not someone like that too. And like, I'm so thankful that she made this TikTok because a lot of the time, the reason why these things keep happening and they don't have to follow through on them is people don't know. And so I think her not taking this as a final say and not listening when someone said, don't tell people that this is how you do this. It's like, no, I'm going to make fucking noise. I'm going to make this shit blow up. And so then you have to fix it. Yeah. So fuck, fuck the government. (laughs) Really? Yeah. Yeah. You don't think we, our government is great? Um, you know, I don't think our government lets anyone be great. And that's the, that's the, that's the truth of the matter. There are some people who could be great, but some are born great, some achieve great, some have greatness thrust upon them. And some of them then start having to become government employees and get their soul sucked out of them. I agree with you. And thank you for bringing that to my attention. I always thought those little necklaces were weird anyway. Yeah, me too. I didn't understand why. It was because we don't see people putting other things around children's necks. So I never understood why they were okay anyway. Oh. That's the end of the show. But you know how we spoke about having Malala of the week before? Yes. So you know that TikTok that's going around with like Nicolas Cage making a face and then, yes. um, yeah. Pedro so, Pascal. And then Pedro Pascal. And then so the first Malala posted on her Instagram or on her TikTok, the first one with Nicolas Cage. And it says Malala fighting for girls' education. And then the second one says, every with Pedro saying, everyone's spamming our comments saying they hate school. And then someone re- responded and said, you do slay Malala, but we all hate school. And then Malala responded with this bombastic side eye criminal offensive side eye and it's just her like looking like what the fuck <laughs> so we oh. actually could probably do our malala week because she's because she's making funny funny tiktok girly po- girly pals hopped on tiktok and was like <laughs> yeah. let me help megan and melissa out i heard that mm-hmm. they were struggling they've got Stop a lot on their plates playing. right now maybe so she heard last week's episode of fisting friday she knows that our plates are full and she said let me give you, let me give you guys something, not only to talk about, something to celebrate. Malala on TikTok. 
Wait, I'm loving this. And you know what? I, again, I love just picturing her husband doing all the things, <laughs> like <laughs> filming them for her as uh-huh. he's her number one fan. And it's just yeah. like him with like a selfie, like him with like a tripod holding a ring light, just being like perfect. And you just hear like over and over again, the audience bombastic side. I mean, just be like, perfect, perfect. Now got a little it. head angled a little bit, like got it. Perfect. Post it. They're going to love it. <laughs> Oh, uh, um, I love that. Thank you for sharing. I, I you're fully welcome. have not, it's not even crossed my TikTok, nothing. So I'm glad I got it from you before. Okay. It was just served to me. We didn't get to share in the Malala of the week together. Yes. So every Rebel. week we just recap what did Malala post on TikTok? Mm-hmm. <laughs> if she makes an avocado toast, which I said, I was just like, do you ever think Malala just posts on her Instagram an avocado toast? Like, <laughs> have some relaxation, like drink a kombucha, like get a massage, like go for like, you know, get, show me like, I would love to see Malala at, on like an influencer brand trip, like literally just like go on a vacation, like sponsored vacation, go to an Amman resort, like just a lovely, lovely, chill, soft life experience. So if we see a TikTok of Malala, making an avocado toast we know Malala listens to the podcast right <laughs> it'll be a sign <sighs> I'm holding my breath I'm not anyways all right well okay goodbye everyone Bye-bye. but am I wrong is a production by me Megan Rinks and me Melissa Demonts plus diamond imprint productions post-production by Coco Lorenz and production assistance by Melanie D. Watson.